Good morning. Peace be with you. I'd like to direct your attention to the bulletin and the information page. And I'll let you read at your leisure the right side of the front page on the column there, but I have made some pink marks there. And um, today is Mission Sunday, uh, the end of the month, and so the mission jar is out there. And we also have coming up, starting on the 4th, our Advent week dinner and study. And this year, you're going to get a chance. I'm. Uh, <laughs> you're going to get a chance to see how Pastor does putting together his own Bible study from from kind of scratch, and it's on a book that is near and dear to me. Uh, that is called the Practice of the Presence of the Lord, and it is uh, written uh, from notes and conversations with a man called, uh, by the name of Brother Lawrence, and he was a Carmelite monk uh, many, many years ago. Simple man, simple faith, and it touched me. And I would invite you to come on Wednesdays. There will be a, a, a book for you. It's, uh, I think it's less than $3 uh, paperback, and I have, will be ordering those. There'll be plenty. I'm going to order about 15, but... Um, can I get a show of hands if you think you might be interested or available on a Wednesday night at 5 o'clock? Okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Okay, so if I get 15, that should be plenty. And uh, all the guys in the men's group, um, unbeknownst to them, I mentioned it yesterday, but we're going to be doing it on Saturdays as well, and they'll, they can help teach uh, on Wednesdays, keep me honest. But this book, uh, the man, his simple uh, faith led him to practice the presence of the Lord in everything he did, from the mundane to the most interesting thing in his life. From the time he got up to the time he went to bed, he was in conversation with God the Father. And it uh, opened my eyes. It's probably what caused me, as some of you have, have uh, heard me say and, and even spoken to me, You've heard me say uh, Abba or Dad or Daddy. And not in necessarily in this church, but in other churches, people have come up to me and said, that's kind of familiar. I mean, you're calling the creator of heaven and earth Daddy. Can you do that? Do you think you should? And I said, yeah. I can. You can too. And yeah, you should if you want to. And so this book freed me for that, freed me on everything. So I want to share it with you. Amen? All right. And then we have Second Harvest Food Banks coming, and Iris Jean is not here today, but you'll have to get word to her. She came in and told me that this was a program that they supported at one point in time in another church she was at, and this, uh, it's a food bank, and so they're going to deliver a box and as we're able to bring in canned goods, non-perishables, we'll put them in the box. They will uh, pick it up once we reach a certain amount. And it's, it's a kind of a large amount, but every little bit helps. And, and they're helping people with tangible goods that they need on a daily basis. So things like 
peanut butter or things that are in cans, canned food and so forth. People come in weekly to help uh, bridge the gap between what their income allows them and what, you know, what they need. So it's an opportunity for all of us to be able to, to help, and I, and I hope that, and I know you will. I know you will. I think that's about it. The rest of it is uh, all really good stuff. I see C's candy here. Bonnie, where do, there you are. <laughs> C's candy. That's always a crowd pleaser. And then tamales. Teresa from VO is selling her homemade tamales, and uh, that's always a good thing. Let us stand. Let us sing as unto the Lord. Our opening hymn is on page 533, did I hear someone say? Okay, let us sing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. He is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God, power and riches and wisdom and strength and glory. Worthy are His. This is the feast of victory for God. Amen. See. Oh.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you reign among us by the preaching of your cross. Forgive your people their offenses that we, being governed by your bountiful goodness, may enter at last into your eternal paradise. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1490. Malachi 3, verses 13 through 18. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly, evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. We will read Psalm 46 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, 
He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The epistle is taken from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 13 through 20, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1832. Colossians 1, beginning with verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and him, in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke from the 23rd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke chapter 23, verses 27 through 43, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1641. Luke 23, verses 27 through 43. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. And Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, blessed are the childless women the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. 
And then they will say to the mountains, fall on us. And to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him, and they said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. And the soldiers also came up and mocked him, and they offered him wine vinegar, and they said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. He says, Don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, Today, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Today's a little bit of a sad day for me, um, personally. As some of you know, that uh, calamity, sadness has visited our house. uh, in ways, not, you know, Tracy's fine and the boys are fine, but we have friends and relatives that are going through some really tough times. And this morning, Trace is with her best childhood friend, uh, a young lady named Lana, that is um, saying goodbye to her little brother who passed away two weeks ago, much too soon. 
and other things. And we're privy to our brother and sister churches around here of just extreme loss and sadness. And, and uh, so I beg your forgiveness if, if I seem a little bit off, because I am today. I'm, I'm, I'm grieving. But I'm also filled with hope, and I want to share that with you this morning. This morning, I want to share a, uh, a cute little story that I came across that is apropos to describe who Jesus is. And this is the last Sunday of the liturgical calendar of the church year. And we look back at, at our lessons. And, and you've heard me say that every jot and tittle in the Bible points to Christ. You heard that, right? Amen? Well, it does. And today we're going to remember the promises and we're going to remember the, the words that he spoke and, and, and what he has done on our behalf. And I'm going to need you to participate. So you're going to have, um, you're going to, have to speak out, a speaking part in this, all of you together. And you get to say, you probably can't read it from here, but it says, that's backward, okay? So when I need you to say, I'm going to point to you and go, All right, boy, you, nobody should be that good. Wow. Okay. So today, I'm going to tell you a story about a backward king. And I need your help. When I stop and point at you, you will say, You are ready. A long time ago, lived a king. He was no ordinary king. He was a backward king. He was different from other kings because he did everything backward from the way other kings did. From the very day he was born, you could tell that this king was going to be different. Now, most kings are usually born in a palace. But this king was born in a stable, surrounded by donkeys and sheeps. Sheeps. <laughs> no, that was really poor delivery. By sheep and cows. <laughs> and it wasn't a very big beginning for a king. In fact, very few people even knew that a king had been born. Only a handful of shepherds and three wise men got the word that a king had been born. Yes, it is. As the infant king grew into a man, he continued to be different from other kings. While most kings spent all of their time building up riches of silver and gold and jewels, this king, owned nothing, nothing at all. And while most kings surrounded themselves with servants, he chose to be a servant. He could often be found helping others. Yes, it is. And as time went on, people became very unhappy with their king because he just didn't act the way they thought a king should act. 
Instead of riding into town on a big white horse, the way other kings usually did, their king rode into town on the back of a donkey. He was, well, actually, can we ask, was that any way for a king to act? And the people he chose to be his friends. His closest friends were a bunch of smelly fishermen. And he could often be seen visiting with the poor and eating with sinners. Finally, the people decided that they had put up with this king long enough. If he couldn't act the way a king should act, then they didn't want him to be their king anymore. They made a plan to have him arrested and thrown into prison. Their plan worked. When the day came for his trial, the king stood before the people. And instead of shouting, Hail to the king! Long live the king! They shouted, Crucify him. He is not our king. Crucify him. So they crucified the king. And they nailed him to a cross. And they put a crown made of thorns on his head. And they poked him with sharp sticks. And they made fun of him. What a way for a king to die. After he was crucified, they took his body and they put it in a borrowed tomb. But that's not the end of the story. Remember, this backward king was different. This king rose from the grave to live forever. Now, instead of being a backward king, he is a forever king. He is the king to anyone, to anyone who chooses him to be their king. Oh, there are still some people who call him king backward, but those who know him don't call him that. They call him King Jesus. And Jesus wants to be King, Lord of your life. He wants to have you live with him forever and ever. Amen. It's a silly story. Not necessarily theologically grounded in Scripture, but it gets the point across, doesn't it? It's backwards. It's foolishness to a world that just can't get over the simplicity of the gospel. Christ and him crucified for you. As I mentioned, this is the end of the liturgical year. And by definition, the liturgical year, the church year means this. The liturgical year, also known as the church year or Christian year, as well as the calendar with a K, consists of the cycle of liturgical seasons in Christian churches that determines when feast days, including celebrations of saints, are to be observed. 
and which portions of Scripture are to be read either in an annual cycle or in a cycle of several years. And we at Reformation Evangelical Lutheran Church follow the three-year lectionary cycle if you're keeping track. And we've just finished the church year C, and we are entering the church year A. Well, thanks, Pastor, for that little factoid. I'll make sure that I keep that handy to tell somebody. Why would you do that? And I said, well, I'll tell you. I got asked that question. And so we are preparing for our new year that starts in December, and that's the advent, the expectancy of the coming of the new king, the one that the world calls backwards, the one that we call Lord, the one that makes all the difference in the world. In fact, we should today reflect on the promises that he has given us, on the promises that he made good on in your life and my life, and he continues to do each and every day for those who have been given the power to be called children of the living God. Not the backward king, but the king of heaven and earth, the king who desires nothing more Listen to this. He desires nothing more from you or from me than to be our God, our Father, Abba, Dad. It's just that simple. And we know that through his son and the work that his son did on that cross, that the righteous demand of justice was met. It was paid in full with his son's body for you and for me. That's fact. And yet, Satan comes and visits to steal our joy, to attempt to steal our joy, because he's keeping score of our sins. In fact, to some degree, we do that too. And he keeps reminding us of our shortcomings. And for that matter, even Scripture reminds us of our shortcomings. When it says to us, all have sinned and all have fallen short. That's in order so that the comfortable sinner is brought to despair. If you're a comfortable sinner, that message is for you. Don't get comfortable. We hear Scripture, the words that admonish us to forgive others as God has forgiven us. i got to tell you, the Lord's Prayer, throughout my life, I really struggled with that part, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Anyone else notice that that's probably not a great trade? Because I don't forgive very well. And I know some of you have struggled with that. Oh, I got some good news for you on that one. You know, you, I've said it, you've heard it, maybe you've even said, I can forgive, but I cannot forget, right? Have you ever said that? Don't do it again. Don't do that ever again. 
Because that's the same, especially when you do it to the person that's offended you. That's the same as saying, I don't forgive you. It really is. So now what? Do I try harder to forgive? Forgive? Boy, first I can't say sheep. Now I can't say forgive. You know what I mean, right? Do I try harder to forgive and somehow conquer that? Is it in me to forgive? Is it in you to forgive? Is it? I mean, I might do the very best that I can until that person comes in front of me or I think of that person or that person's mentioned or what have you, and boy, I am off to the races. Not always, but more than I wish happened. How do I overcome this? Well, I can't. Just like in that message, in that story there, it says, you chose Christ. I kind of had a hard time saying that, but that's the way that it was written. I didn't choose Christ. You didn't choose Christ. He chose you. You heard the gospel. The Holy Spirit came upon you in your baptism. He became so wonderful that you could not avoid him. You could not stand to be without him. You were attracted to him. He did that to you. Just like your forgiveness that you're having a hard time You can't on your own. You need that Holy Spirit that is in you to accomplish it. And yes, you're going to have to come back again and again, just like me, to ask forgiveness. And he'll give it. And we start over again. We will not fully be able to forgive until we are absent of this flesh, until we are in the presence of the Lord. And at that point in time, We won't even think about those offenses. But until that time, yes, it is a struggle, and it's a struggle, a thorn maybe, even in our flesh, to know that I am not all that just because I have a bumper sticker on my car that says, this way to Jesus, right? It's a daily walk, a daily struggle, and we are in that struggle with Christ in us and with us. Even Paul, even Paul said, who will save me from this wretched body of death? And his answer was, thanks be to Jesus Christ. He's the one that rescues us. He's the one that rescued us. And he's the one that delivers us. I heard a story of a man who was worried. Imagine that. <laughs> a man that worries, huh? I heard a story of about a man who was worried about his family. He was worried about his friends and whether they were really saved. Or perhaps whether he was really saved. And as I was listening to the man, I mean, excuse me, as another man was listening to that man, I asked him this question. If Jesus was here in Westminster, California today, what would you do? And the answer was, I'd go find him right away. 
And then the question was asked, really, what would you say to him? And he replied, I'd ask him to forgive me. And the answer is this. Jesus is in Westminster, California today. Jesus is right here today. Jesus is listening to you today. He has heard you confess him today. He has forgiven your sins, all of them, today. He knows you. He knows me better than family, spouse, friends, neighbors. And he still loves you. And he still calls you and calls to you. You're his. That's what he is saying to you today. Through the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, that it may be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. He is saying to you right now, and throughout this service, I am yours. And you, my beloved, are mine. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, let us come in the name of Jesus and pray on behalf of ourselves and all people as they have need. That we may rejoice in Christ, who displays his kingly reign first from the cross and on whom we wait for the revelation of all that is to come, and that we may enter into our eternal rest by the merits of Christ alone. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy that we may rejoice in Jerusalem on high, the holy city of God, manifested here by the baptism through which we are made children of God and sustained by the rich food of Christ's body and blood in the Eucharist, and that the Lord may preserve his church holy and spotless to the day of his coming. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy that the Lord may bless this congregation and his whole church with faithful pastors and church workers who speak without embarrassment or apology the gospel of Christ, crucified and risen, and that we, as hearers of this gospel, may respond with faith and thanksgiving. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. That the Lord may give release to the captive and freedom to those imprisoned in guilt and shame, bringing all people to repentance, that through the forgiveness of their sins and the gift of a clear conscience, they may be set free to live holy lives to the praise of his name. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. That the Lord may bless all those who teach and learn his word, that they may be kept from all error, given wisdom to recognize and reject all that is false, and be sustained in the truth that endures forever. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. That the Lord may preserve his people from all temptation and amid all trial, lest they give into the power of evil or despair, and that God's people may be bold and faithful witnesses to all those around them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. 
that the Lord may preserve our nation in peace, raise up faithful leaders, and bless our president and those who make, administer, and judge our laws, and that we may be good citizens who heed the call to integrity of life of service, manifesting the good works of the kingdom within our daily callings as his people. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. That the Lord may deliver the poor from their want and grant employment to those who seek work, and that the Lord may grant his blessing to all the agencies and programs with which the church supports those in need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. That the Lord may grant healing and peace to all those afflicted in body or mind, that the Lord may relieve the suffering, and that the Lord may give peace to the dying and comfort to those who grieve especially those we name silently or out loud. That in their need, he may be their strength and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord may grant us grateful hearts, rejoicing in the mercies he makes new every morning, that he may supply wisdom to use faithfully and for his glory, all the resources of this earth, and that we may cheerfully return to him the tithes and offerings he is due. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord may bring us to repentance and faith, so that we may rightly receive his body and blood, that we may manifest the unity of faith and witness before the Lord, and that we may bear in our lives the good fruits of his spirit and this communion in holy words and holy works. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may never forget the mighty works by which the Lord has saved us, that we may respond to his acts of deliverance with the song of praise and thanksgiving, and that we may give to these prayers the amen of faith, confident of the Lord's mercy and wisdom. Let us pray to the Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave by his glorious resurrection. And he opened up to us the way of everlasting life. And so, 
with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven. We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the gift, the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It is a glorious exchange that he takes our sin in exchange for his righteousness. And we enjoy that beautiful benefit of eternal life, forgiveness of sins. May it comfort you knowing that it is not just bread and not just wine that he gives us. No, it's more than that. He feeds us. He feeds you. He feeds me spiritually. If this is your confession, then come. The table is prepared. You may be seated and you will be brought up by the ushers.
calendar year, but we know that the story is not over and that we look expectantly during the month of December to celebrate God's plan that's not backwards, but a little strange, that he's going to save the world with a baby. And we thank him for it. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our uh, closing hymn is Standing on the Promises. So uh, for this piece, can you hear me? Yeah, for this piece, um, there's a little typo. So we're going to sing all the way until the end of the I'm leaning, leaning part, and then we're going to repeat the I'm leaning, leaning, and then we're going to end the song, okay? Exactly, yeah, we're going to leave that one out, okay? All right. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling storms of doubt and feel fail. By the living word of God I shall prevail, shouting on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing, we're standing on the promises of God. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. How about what a fellowship? What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all